Hey everybody, Merry Christmas. This is Talking Truth. I am Dan Whitney, also known as Larry the Cable Guy. And I know, I know, listening to this, you could not wait to get up this morning and the first thing you did was went on our podcast for Talking Truth. Forget the presents. Forget, forget the turkey. Forget, mm-hmm. forget, oh, get, oh, oh, oh. No Santa Noels. You get us. Oh, man. We got to listen to Brian Natton and Dan before we... Open our gifts, kids. I'm sure the kids <laughs> just, are appreciating that. I'm sure this they're loving Christmas every morning. This. Oh my gosh! Well, just to let everybody here know, I went ahead and I've bought some stock for you guys. That's your Christmas present. I've, I've invested all of you in Princess Diane antenna balls. Oh, so <laughs> hopefully those will take off. At well, some point. I've always wanted those. <laughs> you know, you need to let people know too. We tried to get Santa Claus. He was unavailable. He was today's unavailable. Show, but yeah, he well, he was, he's been yeah, he's kind of crap. You got a bearded you know. beauty with you. So what more do you want? Stuck with us again. He's been doing a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're all feeling blessed by uh, the celebration of Christ's birth this morning. Listen, we're here to follow Jesus, and that's part of what we're going to cover today in this episode. Because good leaders need to be good followers. So who are you following? Who are you leading? And we'll be talking about that. Again, Merry Christmas. Brian's going to, as always, read the message, and then we're going to uh, talk about it, uh, Nat and I. So anyway, hope you all had a great Christmas and you didn't eat too much. Boy, one year I had Captain Crunch. My wife bought me an entire family-sized box of Captain Crunch, and I can't really eat it because it makes me sicker than a dog. Hmm. But it was, you know. Christmas. That's what you got to do. And I ate that thing. I didn't eat anything all day. That's all I ate. It's a family size, and it was the only one time I got to eat it. So I ate an entire family size box of Cap'n Crunch and drank three glasses of eggnog. Wow. <laughs> oh, whew, that night. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I was bloating like no one's ever bloated in their life. And uh, I won't get into the rest wow. of the story. Wow, your wife That's sent the, you out to the barn? I thought I would. Yeah, she actually, yes. Mm-hmm. She had to leave the room. I hope that image makes it on some Christmas well, card. Well, <laughs> I don't want to ruin everybody's Christmas. But my point is this. Don't do that. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to be helpful to people. Huh. You know, that's the whole reason I'm on the show today. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to do today. Captain Crunch and Eggnog, do not do it. <laughs> Good. They do not mix well. well. The, the wisdom just keeps flowing. Ooh, man. All right, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> in many ways, leadership is leadership, whether it's in business, on a sports team, or in a church. But there are some distinctives in Christian leadership. One of those would be that to be an effective leader, you must be a humble follower. Jesus is in charge, not me. I can't ever forget that if I'm going to represent Jesus well to the world. Samuel was a young boy in the story for this episode. It's hard to determine exactly, but likely around the age of 10. There's an editorial comment in the text that states, And a word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. Editorial comments record things the writer needs to tell you, things you need to know to understand the main part of the story. Remember, this was during the time of the judges when the nation of Israel was far from God. This period lasted around 400 years, and during that time, it was rare to hear from God. Eli is old and his vision is fading. 
Perhaps his fading vision was also symbolic of his fading vision for what God had called Israel to be. God was bringing about a change in leadership. In the middle of the night, God called to young Samuel, who was sleeping. He responded by saying, Here I am. The Hebrew word is a reflection of complete obedience. As a matter of fact, it's the same Hebrew word used to describe Abraham's obedience in Genesis 22, when God called him to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. One of the things we always want to notice in a Hebrew narrative like this are the first words ever recorded out of the mouth of a main character. Often it reflects something that will define that character throughout the story. In Samuel's case, the first words ever recorded out of his mouth reveals his heart to obey. Samuel had never heard the voice of God, so naturally he thought the voice was Eli. He ran to see if Eli was okay. Remember, Eli is old and fading and very vulnerable. Samuel's obedience and eagerness to serve Eli, even in the middle of the night, reflected his heart of humility. This happened three times before Eli realized it was God speaking to young Samuel. He told Samuel, next time respond by saying, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel does as Eli tells him, and God appears to young Samuel. He is told that Eli and his sons were to be judged because of their disobedience. I mean, that must have been difficult for Samuel to hear, since Eli was like a father figure to him. The text reflects an affectionate relationship between Eli and Samuel. The next morning, Samuel was afraid to tell Eli what God said, probably because he loved Eli, and the news was not good. But Eli figures this and tells Samuel to share with him all that God had said. As hard as it was, Samuel told Eli all of the hard truth he had heard from God, which was his first real assignment as a prophet. Again, what you get is a glimpse of Samuel's heart to obey. This was the beginning of Samuel's calling as a prophet of God. Soon the entire nation would become aware of him. As we wrap this up, it's worth noting that Samuel learned to obey his parents and Eli before he even knew God. Part of our job as parents is to teach our kids to respectfully obey us, to prepare them to obey God. Kids who refuse to listen to their parents will not be interested in obeying God either. And for all of us, we need to examine ourselves to assess if we have a humble, obedient heart to those who have authority over us. That might be a parent, a boss, someone in law enforcement, maybe a teacher or someone else in authority. I can assure you, if you have issues with authority, you have issues with God. As a follower of Jesus, I'm not in charge. I must humbly submit to him and obey his commands. He leads and I follow in order that I might influence others to follow him as well. Through all the ups and downs of leadership, what made Samuel a great leader before God was something he learned as a young boy. He learned how to be obedient. All right, Dan and Nat will join me for our discussion in a moment. 
But first, let me encourage you to download Go Tandem, your spiritual fitness app. Go Tandem makes it easy to get into God's Word each and every day. That's Go T A N D E M. Download Go Tandem today. Well, you talk about you can tell what that about the main characters. Uh, you always want to notice their first words ever recorded. Uh, maybe that's why I've always been overweight. My first words were, "Are you going to finish those biscuits?" <laughs> that's a true story. Yeah, that may be part of the problem. Well, <laughs> quite a vocabulary as a child. Yeah, that was pretty good, actually. I, I love the thing, Brian. This is such a good one. I love the uh, thing at the, the towards the end. Kids who refuse to listen to their parents will not be interested in obeying God either. Hmm. And that is so. I mean, you see that happen in the culture today. No, I mean, it's almost like nobody even cares about what God has to say. And then you look at a lot of not all of them. There's some good kids out there, but you look at the majority. When you go on social media and stuff and you just see what's going on in some of these schools and just kids that are doing stuff. I mean, there's, I mean, there was no parenting at all. I mean, they don't listen to anything. They're just on their own track and doing things the way they want to do it and they care less. So, mm-hmm. And you can see how the culture is decaying as well because of bad parenting, not, not letting, having their kids obey them. Mm-hmm. You know what? We did a previous season on the God's Not Like That book. It's it's the same principle that parents teach their children so many things about God. If you indulge your kids, if you never discipline your kids, if 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 you completely ignore your kids, I mean, kids grow up thinking that's what it's like to have a relationship with God. So if kids don't respect the authority of their parents. They aren't likely to respect God's authority, and I, I think you do see that all over our culture, everywhere. And I and so much of of that is again the modeling we do. How do how are we displaying our love for God and our obedience to Him? And because they're always watching. But as you, as you were talking about teaching our kids to respectfully obey us, and then so they can obey God, how much of that? Um, goes back to motivation, right? Are they obeying us out of fear? Are they obeying God out of fear or obligation? Or should it be something more? What do you think? Well, I've, I would say as I morphed and grew as a parent and understood some of these things more clearly, I really tried to be aware of how I was teaching, how I was disciplining, how I was presenting God to my children, and so trying to do it in a way that was consistent with how I want them to respond to God. Hmm. So uh, an example is, uh, this may seem like an, like an odd illustration, but when you're training a dog, if the only way you can get your dog to behave is to yell at him, pretty soon you'll always have to yell at him. So one of the things you do is learn to communicate to a dog quietly so that the pattern going forward is I don't have to yell to get my dog to behave. It's a very similar principle with kids. If the only way I can get them to behave is to ratchet up the intimidation and to yell and create a, a climate of fear, 
then it's likely I'm always going to have to do that to get them to listen to me. Hmm. So trying to strategically figure out how do I do this in a way where they listen to me without having to do things that I think misrepresent how God leads us. Hmm. Right. You know, just I'm just taking my kids, for example. Um, I never, you know, my wife was more than, my dad was like over the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so most of the disciplining came from Kara, which I'm ashamed to say, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to be like my dad because I don't think he did it correctly. But I'll say um, I'm very proud of my kids. Um, I think that we've shown them great love. You have to show your kids love. You have to let your kids know that you love them first and foremost. Tell them every day that you love them. Um, but I think we got to the point, I'm not saying we didn't have to discipline some other kids, obviously. Sure. But we got to the point now where I think my kids, they didn't listen and obey us because they were scared of us. I think my kids listened and obeyed a lot of the times because they didn't want to disappoint us. And I think that's a good, I think that's, we're far from perfect parents, obviously, but the one thing I think we did do right, we always we always had our family devotions and we always made sure they knew that, you know, that Jesus came first. We always tried to do that. But the one thing I think we did right the other thing we did right was we always loved them. We always told them that we loved them. We know that we always let them know that they make mistakes and everybody makes mistakes. Obviously, you know, they have in your 12s and 13s and 14s, you have those rebellious times. But man, I'm very blessed in the fact I can say that my kids generally, we didn't have to get on them that much because they didn't want to disappoint us. And when they did do something wrong, they would tell us and they felt disappointed. I, that's, a, that was been always been a cool thing. Um, but, uh, you always, if you're a young f- family now and you got kids and raising kids, first and foremost, obviously you got to keep Jesus first in there, but man, always let them know you love them. If mm. kids don't know they're loved, they're going to go out and try to find something to belong to that will love them. And I think that's the problem with a lot of kids today. They're not getting loved on. They don't, you know, they're just kind of like, it's almost like some people have kids just because it was the thing to do and they can't get away from the house, get away from their kids and you go do this. You, got, you always hear people complain, I had to get out of the house, got to get away from those stupid kids. You know, there's so many kids that don't have love. You know, you see those kids that are in orphanages and kids that, some of those kids that are just troubled kids, they weren't loved. They mm. weren't, I would say, the majority of them. So anyway, it's a little advice there. Just always tell your kids you love them, always. Well, and it's so important to, again, model what God has done for us. <clears throat> I'm all, I always love going back to the book of Ephesians because we're reminded there that we don't perform for God's love, we perform from it. And, mm-hmm. and if we can model that and demonstrate that for the people that we're leading, our kids or anyone else, that their performance does not change how we view them or how we treat them. And when we do have to discipline, which surely we do as parents, it's to correct them because we do care for them, because we do have their best interest in mind. 
And, you know, one of the key traits that I've learned over time is to, as you said, to be a humble follower, to follow Jesus well. But I want to ask you, Brian, what does humble really mean? I remember doing a bit of a study and uh, that apparently the Greeks and Romans didn't even have a word for, for humility, right? It was such an offensive term. But I think a lot of us, when we talk about humility, we think about think of ourselves as losers or less than. So what really is a humble follower? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. The Greeks and Romans did not see that as a positive trait. Right. It was a sign of weakness. So I think it's having an accurate view of yourself in Christ. Hmm. So to truly understand God's grace, there is no basis for spiritual arrogance. It's like, I didn't do anything. Jesus did it all. But on the basis of what he has done for me, he has made me magnificent. Hmm. Uh, So humility is a right view of myself. It's viewing myself through the lens of how God views me through Christ. Hmm. So it's not shuffling around, kicking a rock, woe is me, I'm nobody. That's just as offensive as arrogance, Hmm. but rather it's a right view of self. And and to do that, you have to know the truth. but I think that's that's what it really means to be a humble follower of Jesus. It's to say, I think what you say is true. I choose to believe it, and that's true of me today. So I'm going to view myself through that lens. And what an important principle to model for our kids and those we lead. Yeah. I mean, I think when we're talking about, in this, the importance of being a good follower in order to become a good leader. Right. I think all of us as adults need to think about how we do that because we all have authority over us. Yeah. Well, and how do we talk about those mm-hmm. people? How do we respond? How do we model that? Well, there's this leadership principle that I think is really true. You cannot lead what you don't live, right? So we are called to first live this out, these truths of Scripture, following God, trusting God, seeing ourselves rightly before we can ever lead it well. I think, too, it's becoming more and more difficult in a secular culture that's drifting so far from God Hmm. of how do we operate and conduct ourselves where God is our first priority and we're true to what God has called us to, but to do it in a way that rightly reflects uh, what it means to be a humble follower of Jesus and not unnecessarily rebellious against those in authority over us. Mm. I mean, Jesus is the model. Right. right. Paul was the model. It's complicated. It's not that simple. Mm. But I can think about how I go about it, even to the my neighbors, the people around me. How how do I how do I represent myself as a good citizen with my ultimate allegiance though to Christ? Well, yeah, and you're not going to be able to accomplish any of that if you don't stay engaged in his word and in the scripture and, you know, and just stay, you know, take a bath in the in the in the words. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you're, if you don't stay engaged and stay close to the Bible and stay close to what Jesus teaches, you drift away, you drift away, you drift away, then you're completely lost about any of it. And I think there'll be a lot in Samuel that will help us with this. So uh, That's good. We need the help. And that's why we're doing learn. Samuel. Absolutely. Yep. What about, um, let me ask this, what about, uh, I get it, um, about authority. Um, where is it? Um, we need to examine ourselves to assess if we have a humble, being heart. Okay. Um, uh, uh, what, if it, what, if you're, what if you're under bad authority? What if you're under, what if you want to be obedient to authority? You want to show your kids that, yes, we have people that we have to answer to. But what about <laughs> if it's bad authority? Yeah, that's kind of what I was uh, referring to. It's, it's getting more and more difficult okay. in a culture that's drifted so far from God. I think number one is when authority asks me to do things that are contrary okay. to what God has called me to. But the second is I can think about how I do that. You know, my attitude, my language, it's, it's not a fight. I'm not wanting to create a big fight. Right. But I, I do want to respond rightly, ultimately, to Jesus. Right. But often under the umbrella of those that God has put in authority over us. So, so there you it's can— It's complicated. Yeah, but, there, but then you can go back to the Old Testament, and you can take Daniel that didn't bow down to the king, and he wasn't going to— Yeah. You know? Yeah, you could, there's plenty of examples. Yeah, so there's— But I think how he did it and doing it rightly. Well, we, we talked about Joseph, right? I mean, here's a guy who did it right and, and didn't always pan out the way he thought it would— especially in the time he thought it would, but yet God was working things out. And we, we will all experience bad leadership from time to time. Our, our responsibility, though, is to respond biblically and with dependence upon God. And when we do that, we can leave the consequences to him. Yeah, I think both Jesus and Paul create, uh, provide pretty good models for trying to think this through, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not easy. Right. Right, and what's uh, w- so instead of complaining all the time, uh, what's a good thing to do? I just don't think complaining changes anything. Maybe. So I'm all about action. I'm about trying to influence people down a better path. And uh, you know, I I talk to people all the time that all they do is watch news all day long, and they're always wound up, and they're always angry, and it. And all they do is complain. It's like, I don't understand why you think that changes anything. It's like, I'm with you. I've I, got plenty of people around me yeah. that I want to influence for Jesus. And to do that, I want to be in the right frame of mind to do that well. Right. And I think that that's way better than constantly complaining. Yeah, I completely agree with that sentiment. I, my, my, that's all my mom does. Sits around and watches news all the time, then come up and complain. I tell her all the time, why are you listening to that? Yeah. You can't do anything about it. And just works her up. Yeah. You know, I got her a life alert. Here's something else that's crazy. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the sermon. Got my mom a life alert. You know, she's 87. I don't want her to fall and not have any help. So... Uh, six times, she's had it two weeks, six times it's been used to go downstairs and get gun smoke. 
Uh, one time it was used to come down and look at this hair on the woman on the price is right. She used an life alert for that. Call me. That's your telling us that's not the right use. So I go down and get gun smoke six times, look at a woman's hair, and then I don't hear from her for like 12 hours. I go down there, she's laying on the floor. She <laughs> fell. Oh. And I go, Mom, why didn't you use your life alert? And she goes, I didn't want to bother anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you just bothered me seven times to get gun smoke and look at a woman's hair. Now, that has nothing to do with this. I just, I thought of that while we were talking. Well, you can complain about her. You can tell her, use a life alert. Well, anyway. Appropriately. I tell her to quit. Right. Solution. the news because it's bad news. But Let me just say, Merry Christmas to all. Yeah, to right. All and good to night. all a good night. Hey, yeah. That's our, hey, that's our Christmas show. <laughs> No, we hope you got a lot out of that, everybody. Remember, uh, stay close to Jesus. Enjoy the day. And uh, always thanks for listening to us. And uh, don't complain about anything. Be a light. Be happy. Let people see Jesus in you. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you in 20, what are we in? 20, 2024. 2024. Holy smokes. It was just like, feels like just yesterday I was knocking a bunch of old women over trying to get to the last roll of toilet paper. And here we are in 2024. Probably nothing's going to change by then. <laughs> hey, everybody, this is Dan here, the better looking of the three here on the crew. Hey, before I go, listen, if you have any questions at all about our series, about God, the Bible, Jesus, email us at questions at talkintruth.com, talkintruth.com. And we're going to answer as many as we can in our special Q&A episodes coming up in 2024. A lot of people have questions. They're trying to learn, just like I did. I mean, you don't learn unless you ask questions. God wants us to ask questions. So send your email today to questions at talkintruth.com. Get her done.